Now is the time to submit quietly. We control all you hear and feel. You are about to enter a great adventure and experience the awe and mystery from your ultimate fantasies to your deepest fears from which you may never return. Gentlemen, we're recording. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Strutting from Gorilla. We are here in episode five. We got the four lovely knights of Strutting from Gorilla at the round table here tonight, ready to talk to you about wrestling. Um, tonight, we are talking about the wrestler, our favorite wrestler who never became WWE champion, or, you know, it could be WCW. It could be any championship title, the main heavyweight title. But let's let's talk about who's here today. We're going to do things a little different tonight. Um, we're not going to give you the wrestling update. We're kind of going to give it to you in a, in a briefer, briefer manner here. We're going to do our first thoughts from everyone. Um, if they want to give them on our week on the week in wrestling in their eyes, rather than uh, go through everything. We, we, we run a tight ship over here. Our producer, the leader of men, Bobby stone wants to keep us under an hour. So we got to make sure we keep it there. Um, so with us tonight, we have Mikey cash. Thanks Vito. Uh, so we can't talk about what, happened in the week of wrestling without touching on this being quite possibly the most important date in sports entertainment history this day 75 years ago vincent kennedy mcmahon was born and the strut that inspired strutting from gorilla entered this world and as much as we sometimes fucking hate his guts Without him, none of this would be possible. We probably wouldn't be sitting here recording this podcast complaining in my next point about leg slaps for super kicks. What the fuck is the deal with leg slaps for super kicks? I can't stand them anymore. It's just so commonplace. Every goddamn kick has a slap and we all see it. Don't insult my intelligence. I know a kick hurts. I don't need you to slap your leg to tell me so. I mean, come on, just please stop for the love of God stop well let's wish uh mr mcmahon a healthy and happy birthday hopefully you know this is the year he figures out how to write a creative storyline it's been 10 years since we've got a real good one so let's let's hope so uh next let's go to big mango hey what's up guys uh mikey cash that was great uh my opening thought is both current and kind of general um I'd like to just tell you what is up with world titles these days. The world title is completely meaningless. Here's why. Last night at SummerSlam, there were eight matches on the main card, four of which were for various world titles. There were two female championship matches, and there were two male matches. And when you have four world champions, you have no world champions. Let me tell you. Uh, but uh, surprise, surprise, I did love the return of Roman Reigns. Uh, what? To, WWE needs credibility. It needs a real, a real guy. But the cool thing actually kind of does relate to world titles. He came down, squashed both guys who were in the final match, Braun Strowman 
and The Fiend, both of which should not be holding the world title, right? He squashes them both, and then he's in the middle of the ring holding the title up because guess what? That's what really matters. That's the only thing you can have a legitimate feud in wrestling about is the world title, and that's why WWE sucks. Well, let me ask you a question, though, Mago. Last week, you said that the hair versus hair match was the most meaningful match in all of of wrestling. Can you please elaborate for me? (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Every week, I'm going to have a different uh, important match. Next week's going to be the the kiss my feet match. And then the week at no. But uh, I would say I think that uh, they need to build the world title back up. Having it on Brock Lesnar for so long where he wasn't on TV was really didn't do it justice and i think they gotta they gotta build it back up so i uh i agree with you i couldn't agree with you more um <laughs> it, it is definitely a uh, a tougher environment when you have 15 different champions you don't know who's who one doesn't mean more than the other hell you had rob gronkowski as the 24 7 champion i mean come on God, come on Come on, but no, really. My my the big thing is I, last night watching. All I could think about when Roman Reigns came on was the party that was going on in Mango's pants. Like that's it was, all. that's all I could think about. Like he must have been so excited, just Boner City right away. Like, and then he came out and gave a spear and just squashed them. Come on, oh my god, Even it better. must have been in heaven. Even better, that party ended prematurely. Let me tell you that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go on to uh, Mr. Bobby Stone, leader of men. Give us what you got. Well, again, good evening. I uh, hope you clean yourself up after that, Matthew. Um, and to celebrate Vincent Kennedy McMahon's birthday, he got a $2.29 increase for his stock today. So we congratulate Vincent Kennedy McMahon on a $2 rise. Sounds like a two-inch rise. It's probably all he's got. That's all making any windows. What? No, that, that's a, about stock inch- prices. What? You interrupt me, Vito, when I'm trying to talk. What? I'm sorry, Mister Austin. I'm sorry, Mister Austin. Wow. Guest, uh, guest appearance from Stone guest, Cold. Guest appearance tonight from Stone Cold. No, but hey, listen, Bobby Stone, that was great. We were waiting for the stock, uh, the stock advisory. Um, again, please don't take our stock advice seriously, but. Yes, that was the update on the stocks from Bobby Stone, leader of men. Because if you did take me seriously, you maybe would still be waiting to buy one I should have bought last week. Again, please don't take me seriously. Uh, Maybe one day I'll take myself seriously, though. So... So last week, it was all about that Thunderdome, you know? And speaking of the Thunderdome, I think we have a a little bit of an update here from from Mikey Cash on on the Thunderdome. Did did you get a chance to check out that Thunderdome? I did. So one of the benefits of constantly watching WWE Network is they track everything I do. So they were kind enough to send me an email that says, "We, we want you to be part of this WWE Fan Council. So I joined it like a while ago. And they're always sending me surveys and I tell them how shitty every pay-per-view is and they keep sending me surveys. So I, they're probably just not reading it, but they invited me to watch, uh, they invited me to watch Thunderdome. So Thursday I got this special look, which was essentially this test run. And uh, it, it was, it was pretty interesting. I mean, presentation wise, it's essentially like you're FaceTiming the regular broadcast of, of Raw or SmackDown. 
So there's no real change to what you're seeing on the screen as opposed to what the average viewer would, would watch on TV. Uh, the only real difference is you just you would see your face sort of in the crowd. And uh, it was really interesting. Uh, you know, I, I think it's it's a cool concept to try to have some sort of fan engagement where before they really they couldn't really do anything because of COVID. So this is something new. Uh, I'll be interested to see if they're able to incorporate some sort of audio because I don't know if you guys even noticed this at SummerSlam, but all the audience noise is kind of piped in. So there's there's some issues with that. And and I have some tinfoil conspiracy theories with that that uh, I'll save for my final word. Okay, fair enough. Well, I still think that was cool. I was really jealous. I signed up, but I was too late. Unfortunately, I am not on the wrestling council like you are, so I did not get that chance. But um, but that's that's very cool. I'm I'm very excited about it. Um, you know, watching it a little bit myself, the Thunderdome, I thought it was cool. I thought again they were trying to compete with the uh, the AEW where they had a little bit more of a fan experience, which makes a big difference. But um, I I don't. I, I think they they took what the NBA did and kind of copied it and took it to the next level. I did like the pyrotechnics. I thought those were cool. Those are back, you know, hooray. Those are fun. Rar is war. A little, a lot, everything, the, the, the bombs going off right at the beginning was the best part, especially from a live audience. Um, but uh, no, if you guys want to check it out at from underscore gorilla on the Twitter machine, we do have some picks up there. Uh, from Mike and his experience on the uh, the Thunderdome. So props to you, Mike. Uh, uh, Vito, so what I thought was really cool um, was from a timing standpoint, uh, they were able to get the Thunderdome, you know, test run, built, ready to go. You did a SmackDown, so you got a live production once, and then you got uh, SummerSlam. But it was perfect timing to ship everybody else out because – NXT TakeOver 30 also happened this weekend, which was really awesome uh, from a visual standpoint. It's still awkward because there's nobody there. But to see the the, the triple X's across, you know, uh, I, I think they put on a, a nice stage there. Uh, that Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee just debacle, though, was absolutely atrocious. Um, I mean, it was heavily produced you know good for pat mcafee for still being an athlete uh and promoting on his show uh the man is built uh you know it was even better for a punter for for a punter you wouldn't think a guy like that would be in the i mean what what other former punter has ever been on wwf or WWE. I mean, it's all like defensive backs and linemen and, <laughs> and like, yeah, not a punter, not a punter. But, and uh, I, I, I like the, I like the takes with, with the different kicks out of Adam Cole had, had a couple of them as well. So it did draw you in for the sake of drawing you into something. Um, Cause that was really one of the only reasons why I watched NXT this past weekend. But um, how, how was that my- in the ring? Was it an actual in the ring match? It was an in-the-ring match, and uh, I did, you know, he's an athlete, so he was actually doing some a couple of acrobatic moves. Um, you know, he even jumped from the, you know, from the top turnbuckle down all the way down to uh, to the ground and taking out, in essence, a fleet of people who also caught him. But, you know, to see a man jump 
do a moonsault and, and take out everybody in the crowd for somebody who doesn't wrestle was actually pretty cool. So kudos to him yeah. on that. Wow. It sounds like he's somewhere between, between uh, David Arquette and Lawrence Taylor. What a hybrid. <laughs> that brings us to our next point, kids. Don't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Let's talk about the meat and potatoes of today. Okay, that was a great little update segment, but we got the meat and potatoes is uh, are some wrestlers that you know were ver- our favorite wrestlers that never became champions. And I'm going to say champions with a a uh, quotations around it because we're talking about the championship titles that meant something back in the day, whether it was the heavyweight championship in WCW or WWF or ECW, whatever title, whatever we want to go to. That's what we're talking about. Kind of like the face of the company. So, um, you know, let's switch it up today. Maybe, maybe I'll start it off. I'll start it off today. Convenient, you know, convenient (laughs) today. uh, You know, one of mine, I'm going to do one today. I'll start off with one. Uh, Mine's Scott Hall. Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, was never a major champion. Yes, he had some great ladder matches from from WWF with, with Shawn Michaels. But he never won the big one. He was never the face of a company. Mostly because he's probably an alcoholic. But that would be my number one reason. But, I mean, you think about it. You think about guys that influenced our time. Um, he's right up there. You know, I don't ever know that he was a guy that someone could lean on as he's the best wrestler or he has the best, he's the best on the mic. Um, he was always just kind of mediocre, but stuck out because he was in the click, you know, he had the Kevin Nash's to kind of pull him along. I mean, I think really, uh, Mike, you could kind of attest to this one, but when he was in, came back to WWF, um, in 2002 with Hogan and uh, and Hall, I think that was a time where a lot of people thought he had a big problem. I mean, he had issues in WCW, but then he got in a, in, on the card with, uh, with Austin. I think Austin was pissed that, you know, he wasn't on the card with Hogan, you know, and they couldn't mm-hmm. work something out. He wasn't the main event of, of, of WrestleMania. Um, so that, that's kind of what I'm saying. Nobody ever really regarded him as this larger than life guy that you couldn't do without. He's just kind of there. Well, I, I, I kind of argue against that. I think Scott Hall had a ton of charisma. I think he was really good. I, I think he had more charisma than Kevin Nash. I mean, come on. He was oozing with machismo, gentlemen. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you. Yeah, but I mean, think about it. He was always the next guy. Right in WWF, he was the next guy to get the belt after like Bret Hart or Diesel or Shawn Michaels, but he never could get it get past them. In WCW, it was it was Sting, you know, it was Hollywood Hogan, it was Nash. He was always the next guy, but could never get there. Why? Why was it? I, I well, if he had that much charisma, the, but all the names you just <laughs> rattled off. That's that is a pretty like top heavy card right there. And some large egos to boot. I mean, we've already talked about numerous times about how Hogan was uh, pretty stingy when it came to the spotlight. And, you know, the click, I mean, say no more. I mean, there's not much else we need to, to say there of why he didn't probably become champion. And ultimately came down to Vince in WWF. So he has his own ideas of what he thought could be 
a champion and who should be. I just always see him as a guy that was a, a, a day late and a dollar short, right? Like he never, he never, I, I he probably could have got there, but I think that, you know, there were too many people above him that wouldn't let him get there. And he just kind of, I, I bet you he was just kind of okay with it, right? That's just kind of my thing. He was just okay with it. I, I, I don't know. He was never my favorite guy. I, I always loved him as Razor Ramon, but I just never looked at him as a guy that I was like, oh yeah, I could see him being, being champion. I just never, I never personally saw that. Yeah, so, there was definitely okay. also, uh, sorry, Vito, before you go. No, uh, no, go ahead. Was, you said a day late and a dollar short in regards to Scott Hall. And I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, it was almost like his timing was always wrong. So he, he won the intercontinental title uh, while Bret Hart was the champion. He actually had a world title shot, I think, at Royal Rumble, like, 92, maybe, uh, against Bret Hart. Bret Hart uh, went over. And uh, and actually, I did listen to a uh, – I'll mention it again, the Bruce Pritchard podcast, uh, where he goes in depth behind the, behind the scenes. And there was some talk when – in, like, 95, 96, when Razor Ramon was, I guess, uh, negotiating with the other side, that – he was going to maybe be in the world title picture at some point in the WWE, not in the WCW. Once he went to WCW, he was the third guy out of three in NWO. But one other thing you can't forget about in regards to Scott Hall is that he's not a small guy. He had the look. He was as big in real life as Hulk Hogan. And I think a lot of people forget that because uh, he was always standing next to Diesel or whatever, Kevin Nash and Kevin Nash is seven one or whatever. But Scott Hall is a big dude. Um, so I agree with you completely, Vito. He was one of my favorite of all time, and charisma is the word you would use. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you there. I appreciate the backup there. But let's uh let's let's go on to I our like next you, one. No, that's fine. That's fine. You like Roman Reigns, so we're even. We'll go on to the next person here, though. Whoever whoever wants to go next, feel free, jump in. Uh all right. So I will go from here. Uh thanks, Vito. For me, this wrestler, I, I always felt like he he had the look. I wouldn't say he had as much charisma as someone like a Scott Hall, but I think his his work rate kind of spoke for itself. And that person was British Bulldog. I I always felt like you watch him in his matches in it, when he was a tag team with Dynamite Kid, even later on when he was tag teaming with Owen when the Heart Foundation 2.0 was coming around. It, he was so good at what he did. I, I was actually trying to do some research. I was, I was going back and watching some random matches uh, from his WCW periods of time. And he had a match with Vader. And I watched him. It was, uh, oh, he picked him up and did like a, a, like a stall suplex. Picked up Vader and just held him. And then suplexed him. And I, I thought to myself, that guy is like freakishly strong. Like that's like Brock Lesnar type of freak strength before there was Brock Lesnar freak strength. Yeah, I, no, I, Hey, that's a, that's a really good one. I didn't even think about him. Hmm. Um, he didn't even cross my mind. Cause I thought he was champion at some point. Like it didn't even you cross my think. mind, but it, you're right though. If a guy like Lex Luger can be the face of not only WWF, they were trying to make him the next Hogan, right? right? If he can do it, I would think the bulldog could do it. I always liked the bulldog. Right. Well, and I mean, and I mean, that kind of makes the point about Scott Hall, doesn't it? I mean, Lex Luger is like a fucking cardboard box, but they just Mike, they made him champ. Mike, do that's you a good think, point, Mike. But I don't, I don't agree. 
<laughs> Mike, do you think uh, the the bulldog was hopped up on a cocktail of Ico Pro and steroids? Um, I think everybody in WWF and WCW was hopped up on that. In ECW, it was just hard drugs. But in WWF <laughs> and WCW at the time, it was a mix. Hey, real quick, before we go on to the next one, I got to tell you something. I was what? Actually, you know what? I'm going to save this for my final thought. I'm going to save this for my final thought. Yeah, we'll, save we'll keep it. Keep moving yeah. along. Wait, moving I'm along. With beta Mike, I have to just say really quickly before we move on, two things. Number one, I completely disagree with you. 100%. Here's why. On okay. what? Okay. I have controversy. Like, oh, it's it's going down. Okay. I did it did cross my mind to put him on the list. And then I thought, wow, this guy had the charisma of a wet fart. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. His mic skills were he was uh somewhere between uh sable and sunny in that department. Okay, and okay, but I just remember. Uh, thinking back to when I was a kid last week or when we were talking about favorite PPVs, uh, my favorite PPV was when he took a header off of the top turnbuckle because he thought he won the Royal Rumble. And you know what a top guy doesn't do? He doesn't think he won the Royal Rumble when he didn't. Mic drop. I, that's some bold words, but I disagree 100% with that take. <laughs> so you, I, I disagree well, with you. Actually, I, I, you disagree. I'm, I'm lying. I'm lying. I agree. I agree with you on like there, there's part of the, the charisma that, that really wasn't there. And so it is, it was, he was probably at the same level of Lex Luger, if I'm going to be honest with myself, but I do think there was more to him. I, I think people could, could rally behind him because I think his in-ring work was, was something that kind of spoke for itself. And, and, you know, Benoit was kind of like that too. Like there's guys that don't necessarily need to talk in order to get over. And I think that's, that's the whole like WWF sports entertainment brainwashing that we get that yeah. like, it's gotta be this way. And it always has to me, he has to check all these boxes I mean, in order for you to think, look at it this way. I, we, I've been on a really big ECW kick and Mike yeah. awesome was champion and he was fantastic. But again, you talked about having the personality of a big wet fart. And I think that that's a great description. And, uh, <laughs> I would think that Mike Awesome was pretty close to that. Right, right. So I, I agree with you. I agree with you there, Mike. I agree with you there. Bobby Stone, who was your pick this week for for uh, favorite wrestler that never became WWE champion? Awesome. So um, <clears throat> we're going to edit this right here because I wasn't ready for that at all. <laughs> I'm sitting here taking notes. Um, and you can't even see it behind me anymore. But Fido, my guy, is the million dollar man. And the reason why he's the million dollar man, because he almost had the title when it was gifted to him by Andre the Giant. And then it got stripped by Jack Tony. Now this is bad. <laughs> yeah, but Bobby, but Bobby, you don't, you know... That's a great pick because I agree. I agree with you. However, uh, when you have as much money as the million dollar man, you buy your titles. And that's exactly it. So the million dollar man 
had everything going for him. He had the vignettes going for him. He had the bodyguard. He had just the best backing. And even better was the support system he had around that character because the million dollar man really is <clears throat> Vincent Kennedy McMahon. That is Vince McMahon's complete brainchild from start to finish. He even coached him up on the laugh, the, the monologue, and uh, and this uh, deep dive. And Matt was talking about uh, Bruce Pritchard um, himself uh, on one of his podcasts. And there's, there's a two-hour podcast on The Million Dollar Man. It's a fun listen. And you get to really kind of dive into some of the uh, the deeper stuff that they go into. Um, and the Brother Love show where the championship belt was actually unveiled on, um, it took multiple times to get to that point. So there were multiple vignettes building up to the unveiling. And um, the whole, whole point of it was at the time, if you look at the cards, Hogan, Warrior, you had a lot of heavyweights in front of them. And the character of Ted DiBiase or the Million Dollar Man was even bigger than them in his head. So his whole persona was to make his own belt, which got taken away from him uh, by Jake the Snake Roberts at one point, which was awesome. So and wait a minute, they, he lost the belt that he bought himself? Well, it got stolen from him. And oh, then okay. it needed to get brought back by the big boss man. There's a there's a great story that goes along with it where DiBiase pays the boss man's manager at the time. I forget the gentleman's name off the top of my head. Uh, pays him off. Next thing you know, Bell comes back. Boss man doesn't realize that he got paid as much as he was supposed to get paid to get the belt back to DiBiase. And then he beats the bag out of uh, the manager and DiBiase. Big boss man goes from heel to face. DiBiase gets his belt back. Then his bodyguard, Virgil, later on, takes his belt again from him, beats the bag out of him again with the belt. Virgil takes the belt. So um, let's let's be real about the Million Dollar Man. Virgil made the Million Dollar Man. And I'll tell you, every time I go to a, an expo, I can go to the car expo. You can go to the, the freaking... Pipe, pipe fitters expo in boston and virgil is sitting there for 20 bucks he'll get a picture you can get a picture with that man and he's really the brains behind all of this I and mean, if you really think about it uh, yeah, what's I his name kind of like a golf expo too. <laughs> he's at every expo that man can <laughs> sell a picture better than anyone even though 95 percent of the people today don't know who the hell he is <laughs> right right what they was virgil's name vincent <laughs> vincent mm. It was uh, Mike Soul Train Jones. Jones, his... Mike Jones. Yeah, Soul Train Jones. Yeah, <laughs> Soul Train Jones. But he, no one knows him as that. That's that's a terrible one. But so Bobby, that was Bobby Million Dollar Man was a good one. He is uh, on the long list of people who 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 should have probably been champions, but isn't for one reason or another. Um, so that's 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 another good one. And well, I think we. Vito, oh, you're gonna actually, add to it. You're gonna I, add to it. Okay. I had one last piece on that because Stone Cold's still here. Um, because at the time when he was the ringmaster, what? he is the last person 
to hold the million dollar championship. You're saying I retired the championship? What? I was the worst million dollar champ of all time? What? Is that what you're saying? What? Uh, I'm not really saying what? anything, Mr. Austin. I, I hope you enjoyed your belt. Yeah, shut up. What? <laughs> Back to the I program. think that technically yeah. makes him still the champion. I think it technically does. That's a great fact right there. I didn't know that. So he Austin is the ringmaster, still the, the million dollar champion. That's that's interesting. All right, Mango, who is yours? Oh, I thought long and hard about this. I uh, so many legends. Um, I settled on Roddy Roddy Piper, and I have a lot of good reasons. And I can't believe you guys didn't select him either. The hot rod. The hot rod. And I have a lot of reasons. Number one, the Piper's pit. Trendsetter. On the mic. Unbelievable. Can't be stopped. Think about uh, Chris Jericho's thing, whatever he used to do with the his like thing. and um, the hot Jericho? Whatever it is, yeah. And uh, the the barbershop, all these vignettes, all these little things came from Piper. And Piper was the guy who could get it off the ground because the guy could spit pure gold, unlike uh, British Bulldog. But I will say, I have other reasons. Keep going. Uh, he His kilt. Any man who can <laughs> wear a kilt amongst roided out dudes, the likes of British Bulldog, uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, anybody can get Bulldog, there. I don't know. British Bulldog had a pretty good attire. The old uh, skin tight, the old skin tight jeans with no shirt. That's always good. It was construction. Okay, boots. that was his 2000 look when he came back, and he had a bad back. So fuck yeah, off. That's true. I know. He had to wear the really tight jeans so he didn't have to bend over too much. Um, that's right. And number three, uh, the music. His music was just so legendary. Uh, and, it, you know, it's kind of just like your typical Scottish, Irish sort of thing. But in the Northeast, especially, because that's where WWE really was big in the 80s, that really played because there's a ton of there's a ton of, well, not Scottish people, maybe English people or Irish, Irish people in this area. Irish people. Yeah. Definitely Irish. Shout out. Shout out to Heine Ho from Canton. Yo, <laughs> one of our dozens and dozens of listeners. Uh, and. Okay, so there's just a million reasons. Uh, I think that his longevity, he main evented WrestleMania 1 along with Paul Orndorff and, and Hogan and Mr. T. Was that who it was? Okay, then. Oh, Mike's hey, getting Paul, a little By the uh, way, by the way, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Let me pause you there for a second. Paul Orndorff, Dorf, also yeah, not he's, a champion. He's an honorable mention for sure. Yep. You know, I had heard that he was supposed to be Hulk Hogan. It, that was supposed to be his role. Did you ever hear that? And he didn't take it uh, for some reason. He wanted to be a heel. Yeah, just when I was Googling today, I, I actually figured that out. Really? Did not know that. Yeah, did not know that. What are the odds? Um, so he he main evented WrestleMania 1. This is going to get good. WrestleMania 1, he main evented. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't really – he always fought back and forth with Hogan, but could never get the title because who can get the title from Hogan, especially in the mid-'80s. But WrestleMania 2, he took on Mr. T. That was a crossover match. That was Vince McMahon's baby. He wants to crossover. And the only guy who could really do it is Piper. Piper has the crossover too because he's a badass. He was like the first of the badass guys who was a good guy. Maybe the first of that. So he was he was like a tweener. He was never really a, a heel, I guess. But he was always had the heel tendencies and that sort of thing. But fast forward to WrestleMania 3. Let me just tell you, 
he was involved in the most important match of the night, which was a hair versus hair match versus Adrian Adonis. And I'm, sh I'm sure that was, I'm sure you guys were thinking that the first thing whenever I mentioned Roddy Roddy Piper. But fast forward to 1997, 12 years after WrestleMania won, he's still in the main event, this time in WCW, facing, you know, the immortal Hulk Hogan. And guess what happens? He beats him in the middle of the ring. But Hold little on. did we know. Let me guess. Was it a disqualification or a countout? Even better. Starcade, I think it was 97, one of the one of, at the time, one of the most purchased pay-per-views in the history of wrestling. The final match, Hogan versus Piper. Piper wins. And the fans are then notified. It was a non-title match. Guys, you can't write it any, you can't write it any worse than that. So he should have been champion. Classic Hogan. again. Perfect, perfect, perfect plug for again the death of WCW. If you've ever wanted to read or listen to a good book, I'm telling you that book that is in there, and they talk all about it. it is phenomenal. Really? Um, yes, you need to check that out. But no, Roddy Roddy Piper. I think you know before all of this, I think we all kind of think he was number one on a lot of our lists. But uh, he, that's a good one, Mango. The pipe. I don't understand why he was never champion. I just I I don't I don't quite get it. Um, you know, he's, he's kind of the, in the eighties, he's like the face of wrestling. You know, you could have even thought in the eighties, he would be on the Mount Rushmore wrestling. In my opinion, yeah. everyone loved him. I think with Roddy, he, from what I, I saw in interviews and, and stuff, he, he liked to take up time off. And I think he was one of the first wrestlers that was really pushed for that. Like he knew that there was only so far he could go before he needed to take a break. And I think Vince McMahon saw that, and that was probably a detriment to him and and the higher ups in who they would want to be champion because they're thinking it they're thinking of it in terms of loyalty and who's who's going to be there, right? And if and if Piper, uh, as great as he was, what was kind of ahead of his time and being able to say, hey, like we kind of need a fucking break every once in a while, so and and recharge, that probably worked against him, I would imagine. Yeah, I think back in that day, it was kind of. Hey, you know, you are on the road, you're working hard for pennies. And if you weren't right. willing to do it, then see you later. Where it's kind of the opposite nowadays. It's I and, and I think it's for the better. I just think that it also creates it doesn't create in-depth wrestlers. So it's kind of like a give and take. You know, you're giving for the, the wrestler's safety, but taking from, you know, the amount of experience they have. You look at all these other guys that work their ass off and would wrestle seven days a week to get where they are. And it showed in their in their uh in their in-ring talents. Like I just that yeah. to me makes a big difference. I and you look at it too we could we could do a whole subject yeah, was, on this. I was just thinking. I, so I'm not going to get too much into it, yeah. but like not having the territories, now you have everyone, you know, morphed into the WWE style and nothing's different. You know, it's it, that 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 kind of bothers me, but uh no, these are all really good ones. Um uh some honorable mentions that I I I had looked up and talked about that aren't here. I'm not going to get into them. I just want to mention them. Um Rick Rude is one uh, I don't know that he was ever a top guy, but uh, you talk about charisma. He had it. The original Val Venus before Val Venus was around. Um, you know, we had Superfly Jimmy Snuka. He's another guy that didn't make it on there that I thought was a good one. Uh, Greg, oh, Bobby Stone, leader of men. I, you have something you want to say? I had a fun factoid about Jimmy Superfly Snuka. He did not He's know how uncle. to read. <laughs> no, not my uncle. <laughs> Didn't know how to read or write. 
came from I'm Fiji, didn't know how to yeah. read or write. And anytime they went out for, for meals as a collective, whatever, whoever was ordering at the time, he'd ask them what they were getting. And then he would order the same thing. That's interesting. I think he's also a part of the, is it the BSK? Right, I think he's part of the BSK, the original BSK oh, with Undertaker. Undertaker. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and Yokozuna. You're only gonna hear right. Couple other guys. Hey, couple other guys though, real quick, because I, I we're, we are running short on time. Is um Greg Valentine? He's another one. I always the Hammer, Greg the Valentine Hammer. He was he was another one that was on there that I was never champion. Um, and then we kind of hit most of the other guys. Barry Windham's kind of another guy that was on there that before my time really. Um, but, but those are some, Oh, and Mr. Owen Hart, we didn't mention him. I think ultimately he would have been champion at some point. I really do. Uh, but, uh, that's a, that's a sad one, but yes, he never made it. Mm -hmm. Um, do you guys have anything you want to add to those? Ken Shamrock. I don't know. Did you guys <laughs> watch his whole debut year in 1997? It was it was charisma. fire. He oh, won King of the Ring in '98. Yeah, if you go back and watch some of them quite quickly, but I thought if, it, I thought in that short span of time there could have been a title a title shot in there. But his wrestling was just so brutal. Like I think he injured the most yeah. amount of wrestlers. Like no, if right. you watch it's, the match with him and Shawn Michaels, this is, this is all subjective, and this is a personal favorite. That's a good of mine. point. That's okay. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. He did have. They were making a push for him, uh, but like if you just look at the other wrestlers, I don't think they would have wanted him to be champion just so they wouldn't have to wrestle him. Like yeah. Michaels, if you watch the match with him and Michaels, <laughs> it's legitimately it's brutal. All right, it's, it's, it's brutal. You can hear him. You can request. hear him giving the spot to shamrock in the match and shamrock still doesn't know what the hell he's doing <laughs> so if you can't if Shawn michaels doesn't make so you a good bad. make you have a good match then you're, you're basically just fucked like that's Dude, that's it that's terrible imagine a match between jimmy snooker and ken shamrock one of them can't wrestle the other one can't read <laughs> <laughs> oh that would be, be a awesome. great comedy uh, hey, so when I was Googling all of this and kind of checking things out, it got me got me thinking. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it, but if you want to chime in here, um, maybe guys that were the worst champions of all time really quickly, we can shout off a few. Uh, I, I always find that really interesting. Um, it, one that was, was a champion uh, that I think should have been champion more, in my opinion, well, there's two guys. One of them's the Undertaker. I feel like he didn't really get many good runs with the belt. And two is uh, Kane. I mean, I know Kane isn't like your typical face of the company, but if you think about the respect he had from all of the other wrestlers, he was champion for like a day. I think it was literally 24 hours at one point. And the guy had been in the industry forever. He's got some of the most respected... Uh, He's one of the most respected wrestlers, I think, in the in the locker room. He, and he always just kind of did what was ever best for business, you know. And um, so that, that that's kind of one for me. Uh, I, but uh, I think we could all agree that the number one worst champion of all time, I think you said it earlier, Mikey, is uh, David Arquette. The worst. Just the worst. And it was all just a plug for Ready to Rumble, wasn't it? Yes, which... Rotten Tomatoes names one of the five worst movies of all time, and I could not disagree more with that. I would watch that movie 
over and over again and still laugh a hundred times. But I also really like Biodome and Biodome is also <laughs> one of the worst movies of all time. And I still find it hilarious. So that's just me. Vito, do you get all your film recommendations from the Razzie Awards? <laughs> I, I, I must, but I tell you, my sense of humor is not like anyone else. So, um, but yeah, the, 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 David Arquette has to be the worst one. It has to, there, I don't know that many more can top that list. Maybe um, great colleague. You can't beat that. Great Kali is obviously number Great one. But the guy should never be a wrestler from the beginning. The guy can't even bend over. He was one of the guys who wanted to get big in India, right? It was one of those kind of guys. Yeah, I think so they like, use a lot of the – yeah, well, nowadays they do. You know what's interesting, though, is when I Googled them, okay, all the worst ones that you know people thought were the worst all came from 2010 and beyond. Like, it was like – uh Actually, Cena was on there for one, uh, but it, there were some bad ones, and they were all from 2010 and on. And that just goes to show you, like how little that title means. Yeah. Yes. Everybody got a run, right, Bobby? Including the boss. Happy birthday, Vince McMahon! You should not have ever gotten oh, your championship belt. I kind of give that one a, a free pass, though, because if I was the owner of a company. I would want to be champion at least once. You know what I mean? Like shit. Guys, one the worst one, it I mean, other than David Arquette, in my opinion, is Double J Jeff Jarrett. I think he was champion in like 98 or 99 in WCW. And it's probably in that book, Vito. It's gotta be in that book. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. I'm gonna have to vehemently d- disagree. I loved the strut. I loved the double J's. It was up there. It was the 2000s honky tonk man. It was Jeff Double J. Jeff Jarrett was Bobby was was the honky tonk man a champion? <laughs> and by your analysis alone, I win. <laughs> I mean, also the Big Show was pretty bad, right? Yeah, he has I mean, some yeah. Yeah. Big show was bad. I mean, there there were some there's some pretty bad I, I still think my personal worst one is the Miz. I just freaking hate the Miz. Like that's just my opinion. I give him credit for doing what he's done, but I feel like everything he does is so over the top and just blatantly fake. I mean, I remember when he came out and he they were doing a contest. And he came out and had to like talk about the contest and he just fumbled all over his words and just kept looking at his hand. Oh, he got so much heat for that. I just thought he was an awful champion. I mean, I think it was like, it was a terrible run of champions. It was like Seamus, uh, uh, Dolph Ziggler and the Miz, like all in one period of time. And it was brutal. Why was there a point in time where all of us really liked Dolph Ziggler? I don't really when I look, back I think he's a good wrestler. Life, I don't, I don't understand why I did. I think he's a good wrestler. I think that he, you know, reminds me he can he makes the other. He, he was like Michaels in a way. I mean, he wants to be a Michaels yeah. wannabe, but I mean, he actually can sell moves, which not a lot of people True. do very well anymore. And I think that's kind of his big thing. But I don't think he should be the face of the company. Not. Yeah. I just think he doesn't doesn't have it. You know. Good point. Agreed. I don't I don't know what made it a difference, but I thought CM Punk, I, even Daniel Bryan, I thought was a decent champion, but um 
I, I don't know. It's it, I don't think it's necessarily size. It's just an it factor that some people have, and you either have it or you don't. And uh, and I think that to me it makes a big difference. You can see that. You know, as weird as it sounds, I don't mind Roman Reigns being champion because at least he. Why does that sound weird? I don't know because I fucking hate the guy. I think I think he's. <laughs> Yeah. The the big dog is big trash. That's what I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, do, do you guys have it right now? He, they would legitimize the title. I'm telling you. Yeah, maybe it's the first step to the resurgence of WWE. Sorry, what we gonna say? Yeah, yeah, they just need they need to get rid of some of the titles, like you said. It's just brutal. Like it's very very tough to watch. Um, but yeah, uh, so do you guys have any other ones that you can think of off the top of your head that were pretty brutal? Wait, didn't Vince Russo win the championship? Yes, he did. I was waiting for that. He did. In Long Island, New York, I'm pretty sure. In Long Island, New York. Yes, he did. Just sully my home. Also on also on the death of WCW. But yes, yes, that was on there. That that's a really good one. I <laughs> as weird as it sounds, I loved Vince Russo. I think he ruined wrestling, but I also think there was a point in time where he changed it completely into like this Jerry Springer like adult content boobies everywhere blood everywhere bra and <laughs> panty matches everywhere just he he put all these stipulations for some reason i like vince russo towards the end i think he got you know he thought he was like the god of storylines and it ruined wcw i honestly think he was a plant in wcw to ruin it that's my opinion that's some tinfoil hat theory right there hey i also i didn't you hear the news the other day? Jericho thinks there was a spy from WWE going into AEW. Really? What? Yeah. For, he, for what? I don't know. They said that he, he made this big thing about we found a spy and he'll never be back in AEW again. I think it was Eric Rowan. I really do. Because I think he was there for like a day. And then he just, boom, see you later. So like, what are they doing over here? They're wrestling? Weird. Okay, let me tell them. They're <laughs> <laughs> wrestling over there. I want you to report back to us everything they're doing. Can you do that, yeah. pal? <laughs> uh, well, that was some good stuff. So next week, um, I, I'm not sure what we're going to be talking about next week at this point, but um, I think it's up in the air. But we will we will be having another show hopefully next week. Um, if you are on Twitter, please tweet at us some ideas. If you think you have a, a wrestler we missed as the worst champion of all time, please um, tweet at us. Uh, we are from underscore gorilla on the Twitter machine. So please tweet at us there. Uh, but uh, I think we have some, some final thoughts to get into here today. Uh, a little bit of a wrap up. Uh, why don't uh, whoever wants to go first, feel free. All right. Uh, I'll give my final two cents. Uh, I'll continue off of my Thunderdome theory. I'll give you my little tinfoil hat theory, and you guys can all call me crazy afterwards. But I think with uh, onto what I was saying before about how you couldn't hear the audience uh, except for what WWE piped in, I, I feel like there's some weird, sinister work going on where Vince McMahon is going to use this to sort of try to train us to, to sort of respond the way he wants us to respond to the characters that he puts on TV. Normally, the organic crowd reactions are the kind of the things that where where audiences would kind of shit on matches that they didn't like, or they chant boring, or they would cheer for people that they didn't want them to cheer for, like CM Punk, like Daniel Bryan, like Kofi. 
though those were specific runs that were propelled by the audience's love for them alone and went against what creative really wanted for them. So I think there could be some danger here into Vince just sort of really controlling the narrative and booing the people that they want us to boo and having uh, cheers for people that they want us to cheer. So I'll take my tinfoil hat off now. Thank you. Yes, I agree. Big Brother does not make for good ton- content. I can tell you that. If you mm-hmm. listen, I like the I like the the days of the um, the signs where it'd be like, "Hey Jimmy, I banged your mom," or like <laughs> something I'm an like HD. that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I'm an HD. Yeah, like all these all these great signs. Now you can't do anything, and there's no signs. It's stupid, 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 stupid. But anyways, that's a good one, Mike. All right, whoever wants to to go next. Okay, I'll finish off my <laughs> again after the Roman Reigns match. First time I finish off. This is the second time. Okay, uh, <laughs> you just mentioned Big Brother uh, Vito. Funny story. Yesterday, I watched the movie 1984. You've ever heard? Of, you know that's where Big Brother comes from. It was made in 1985. The the movie was. The book was probably made in like 1982. I'm kidding. I don't know when it was. It was like in the 20s. Uh, long story short, my final, I'm sorry, I'll get to it. That was just crap, um, is uh, do away with the brand split. It's not working. It's a piece of shit. Get rid of the brand split. Put all the good wrestlers on one show and then put them on the next show and then the next show and keep going. The brand split, the eight titles, everything is not working. Vince, that's your Christmas. That's your birthday present. Your 75th birthday present is uh, a piece of advice, get rid of the brand split. I still won't watch, but I'm sure other people might. All right, cool. Thanks, guys. Go on, Mango. No, I, I agree with you there. I think the uh, I think it's tough when they lost WCW and they had no competition. They kind of had to do this thing to compete with each other, and I, I think they just keep bringing back the same thing and thinking that it's going to work, but I just don't think they have the star power to do it. And, and you're right, all these different belts, it's confusing. It gives me no incentive to watch because um, I don't know which title means what. Don't know any of that. So I agree with you. I just think the problem with that is they can't showcase a lot of their talent. There's not a lot, lot of TV time to go around. But, um, you know, I think you keep NXT and do one other big show and, and, and focus on those wrestlers, and, and that's the way to go. But uh, I agree there. All right. Mr. Bobby Stone, you're up. All right, gentlemen. So I actually enjoyed myself specifically uh, this week doing a lot of uh, doing a lot of research uh, and coming across the um, Million Dollar Man's deeper stories. Uh, but it also got gave me the ability to watch Superstars, uh, Saturday Night Main Event. Uh, some of the older WrestleManias, it was just a, a great time to go back to the archives um, and see some really awesome vignettes by not only, um, you know, the Razor Ramones of the world, uh, Million Dollar Man had some really good ones, uh, and, and getting to see people go into into a sleeper hold and then, why am I petty mayonnaise? Why am I petty mayonnaise right now? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, fuck it.
Good thoughts by Bobby Stone. Patty Mayonnaise and, and superstars at their best. Um, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, we'll give it to you, Bobby. We appreciate your input. Uh, my final thoughts of today. Um, I've been doing a lot of ECW watching lately. I'm on a little ECW kick. So I went back. We talked about the um, uh, the November to no December to dismember pay-per-views. So I went back, I started watching a few and man, they were so good. They were so underrated. I wish I watched more of it when I was in, in my, uh, in when I was a kid and less of the other stuff. And it they were just so good. You could easily see that WWF and ECW at the time or WCW at the time were stealing their, their stuff. But anyways, in my research of doing all of this and, and watching these shows, which were awesome, um, found a great group the baldies i don't know if you've heard of them but they are a fantastic stable in ecw where all of the guys are bald and part of the mafia and they were great they actually one of them angel had a uh feud with one of my favorites of all time new jack who at this pay-per-view i think it was the guilty uh guiltiest charged pay-per-view gave one of the best promos I've ever seen. And he was 110% high off his gourd on, on cocaine. It is abundantly apparent when you watch that. And it's just, it's, it's great. I, I loved every second of new Jack's matches. Um, they were, they were really good. But if you go back to that ECW time, I just wish they would bring some of that back. I think a lot of it goes along with the culture today. And, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful and thankful that, you know, we have become a little bit, more politically correct to some degree, but I think some of it also loses its appeal. I'll give you an example with ECW. There was a guy who went to WWF afterwards, but when he was in WC or e, in ECW, he was Dean Simon, or he might've been Simon Dean then, but he was a, he wore these very leather uh, apparel and he had a sidekick and the guy's name was Dick. And every time he referenced some, something about him, he would say my Dick, and he was this big giant dude, like just jacked on steroids. And it was obviously a very homosexual angle. And it was pretty funny. At the same time, I understand that that would not fly in today's uh, parameters. Uh, so I get that. But it was just it was just a little bit more free reign was would be nice and a little bit more grit like we talk about all the time. Uh, but uh, But very good stuff from ECW back in the day. If you have the WWE Network check it out so those are my final thoughts from today but uh i, I know we're we're short on time here do you guys have anything you want to add bobby stone he's we good no i'm good I, I i i think uh the only point i was actually trying to drive home was that million dollar man's mother and father were also professional wrestlers just thought it was another fun factoid, and he was on our city hall. Those were the couple of points that I was trying to drive home, but you know, I was being petty, so we want to thank everyone for listening today to Strutting from Gorilla. We appreciate your time again. If you have a chance, tweet at us, uh, strut underscore no from underscore gorilla on twitter we look forward to talking to you next week thanks and have a wonderful night we now return your perception of reality to you until next time